Hello and welcome to the Product Owner Podcast, Product Owner Perspective. Um, we're back again after a small hiatus um, during summer holidays and I'm very pleased that uh, I have a new guest to uh, talk with today and share experience and uh, knowledge about product ownership. Um, so let's just dive into it. We have five parts. Uh, it's an experiment. We release this uh, video in five parts and we start with the introduction. And then we have the uh, uh, a topic of Scrum Teams, uh, the collaboration with the Scrum Teams as a product owner. Then we uh, inspect the stakeholder management, how the uh, Stefan in this case uh, uh, manages his stakeholders. Then we dive into the value steering, so closing the loop of the feedback. And uh, then we close off with some uh, other topics that uh, might be uh, of interest. And uh, let's see what, uh, what's left over after we have the first four parts. Um, but of course, first the introduction. Uh, with me is uh, Stefan van Maris Thanks for uh, of, uh, of eVillage, yep. the proud product owner of Clang. Very proud. Yeah. Yes, um, and I think uh, it won't do justice if I try to explain Clang, although, surprise, mm -hmm. I am a certified Clang uh, really? user from I think 10 years back. So, okay, cool. I trust that the experience is thoroughly changed yeah. by now. Yeah, a uh, lot of has happened in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yes, and I haven't used it in that uh, time uh, due to my becoming an Agile coach, of course. Um, but uh, please tell us a bit about how you became a product owner of this product uh, and what your context is. Uh, sure. So well, we my name is Steven van Maris, as you said. Uh, I've been with eVillage, a uh, company from Zeist, uh, from the, the early start of the company, early 2000. Uh, I was hired as one of the software developers to help build the software for eVillage. Um, we started off uh, building another kind of software and it's, uh, it pivoted to email marketing and marketing automation. Uh, we started off with building eMessenger. I was one of the lead engineers of the project. And, and at the end of 2006, I think, we started building our new software, which is called Clang. And Clang is uh, primarily used as a marketing automation tool in order to send uh, either personalized transactional emails or bulk mails uh, for uh, advertising uh, purposes. Um, since the last five years, I think I've been uh, the product owner. So the company was growing. We started off with three or four people. We're with 70 people right now. And uh, as, the, as, the, as the company was growing, we needed a more formal structure of working together and making sure every uh, all information is shared within uh, within the company. So we adopted Scrum as a development method and I became the product owner. So I've been fulfilling that role, that role uh, for the last five or six years. Great. So um, can you tell us a bit about um, the um, maybe the biggest learnings over your five years of product ownership in terms of uh, a mandate and how you uh, your role is positioned in the, the, the whole of the company uh, and how maybe how big the teams are you working with currently yeah we have uh, we do all our development in-house we have a development team of about five people right now uh, with a dedicated tester and one of the senior developers doubles as a scrum master within the process and one of the big challenges for me personally was to let go of uh, controlling every aspect of the development because i was used to program it myself and rely on my team 
to, uh, uh, to further develop uh, the software. That was one of the challenges for me personally. And the other one was to make sure that all stakeholders, mainly internally, because we had uh, um, um, uh, managing partners, we had a marketing department, sales department, we, had, we have a, a big group of users in-house, because mm -hmm. next to the development of the software, we also provide the services around our software. So if customers don't have the knowledge or the resource or the time to do it themselves, they can hire mm -hmm. us to do it for them. So that's a big plus for me as a product owner because I have a, a big group of very uh, uh, experienced users, uh, which is a challenge as well because uh, we have different kind of users. Uh, we have users they they do the marketing for their own company, or that we have users that use Clang as uh, more as an ag agency providing services for their customers. Uh -huh. So we have a lot of different uh, use cases. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's also been a challenge to. Uh, um, to evolve the software in such a way it caters both uh, our user groups without mm -hmm. diverging the software into two specific versions which you yes. have both have to ma maintain. I understand. So let's dive into that uh, yeah. when we talk about uh, stakeholder management mainly. Yeah. And of course the Scrum teams will go into uh, in sure. that part. no problem. Um, and how do you feel uh, you as a product owner are mandated at this moment? Are you more like a mini-CEO who can autonomously decide for the product uh, which features to prioritize, etc. Mm -hmm. Or uh, are you more working very closely with the team, managing the backlog and get basically work handed to you by stakeholders that you cannot refuse? So how's the balance in that? Well, if you look at the different stages a product uh, owner can evolve, mm -hmm. I, I think we're mainly, I, I'm mainly at the sponsor stage right now. Okay. So I have a big mandate from the company to make decisions on my own, but I'm uh, uh, I'm not responsible for the for the budget and that kind of stuff. So I do have dependencies, um, but we can uh, uh, make decisions very quickly because we can. When uh, a team comes up with a problem, we can solve it almost always immediately, without going back to the process and the stakeholders and uh, let them decide what to do. Great. Yeah. yeah. So that's um, um, to, uh, for the people uh, uh, watching and listening who are not uh, entirely familiar with the steps in the model. Uh, sponsor is uh, a one below mini CEO. So that means you uh, indeed have not the full uh, responsibility for even profit and loss and stuff like no. that. Uh, there's probably still a CEO somewhere, a CTO. Exactly. Uh, I'm not sure about the structure. Uh, uh, it's managed by managing director. Mm -hmm. with a board of managing partners, which are the original founders of eVillage. Ah. And uh, there's uh, uh, a division manager above me, to which I report. Uh, but I have contact with all uh, disciplines within uh, the organizations, uh, yes. organization. Yeah. As you should, as a, yeah, exactly. a big product owner, yeah. right? Okay, so actually I'm uh, quite uh, eager to dive into the other mm -hmm. parts. Um, but before we do that, I want to uh, ask you if we're missing anything to properly sketch the context of your uh, product ownership. So is there anything else you want to share about eVillage, about Clang, uh, about stuff that's currently relevant to uh, know before we dive into the other topics? Well, one, one thing to do that's important is that we have chosen to do everything from in, in uh, from within one company, so mm -hmm. we have uh, we are unique in this market, as we uh, uh, develop the software ourselves, use it ourselves, and provide the services to our customers, which means that our customers 
are very close to the development team as it goes to, uh, uh, re with regards to uh, feedback, support, uh, uh, feature requests, and that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I have, as a product owner, a lot of direct contact with a lot of users. Um, and we do our own support, our own training. So uh, it's, it's a, it's a one-stop shop for your email and marketing automation needs. Cool. So if anyone is still looking for su support in that direction, Call I'm sure, yeah, sure you're willing yeah. to talk uh, exactly. about what you can uh, I think we can, can we can link to my uh, LinkedIn profile at the end of the talk. So, uh, sure. Uh, in the show notes, we'll put uh, all the details. And uh, in closing, we'll uh, uh, also uh, wrap it up with some, uh, some more details to Great. contact you. OK. Um, for me, that wraps up the introduction part. So now we've learned how you became a product owner and what your context is and what your mandate is. So uh, we have set the stage for the, the other part. topics. Yes. Okay. And the next part, um, we're going to talk about uh, the Scrum teams. As a product owner, it's very important how you collaborate with one or more Scrum teams um, because you as a product owner obviously have a vision. You uh, make decisions about what is, uh, is valuable or what you hope is valuable for the product and your users. Mm -hmm. But in the end, the team will have to make that into a reality. So yeah. lots of collaboration is needed. Um, so, can you tell us a bit about um, how you approach this collaboration with uh, your Scrum team? Yeah, sure. Um, well, as, as I said before, we, had, we have one Scrum team in, uh, within eVillage, uh, which primarily does the development of Clang. Um, they are with five people at the moment, looking for more. So, if you know any uh, more developers, please contact me. Um, and because I come from a technical background, I helped develop the program, uh, the, the system as it is right now. I tend to have uh, a close working relationship with the developers. I understand their concerns uh, and can hopefully translate it to the stakeholders in order to prioritize uh, uh, the, the stories. Um, so I'm physically located next to the team as well. Mm -hmm. So I keep a close eye on what's, what's happening. I attend the daily stand-up. I uh, do the retrospectives, of course. I uh, have stakeholders meetings. So I try to be uh, informed as much as possible as how, to things are, how things are going so I can uh, uh, get everybody up to speed uh, uh, on the latest developments. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, can you share um, maybe a, a tough lesson you learned in collaborating with the Scrum team or something that has been very useful for you in working with the Scrum team? that might be uh, of value to yeah, our, sure. our viewers. Yeah, well, um, traditionally, uh, because I come from a technical background, I tended to make the stories really specific. So they were just picking up the, the story from the top of the backlog of what uh, and, and got work done and then finish it. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're trying to do right now is to make the team more uh, uh, autonomous as to how to approach things, how to build things, and get them involved as a group with the main vision of the, the shared goal we have for the product. Mm -hmm. um, so with the latest developments, we are, we are now building a whole new module uh, for Lang. They are involved in the early decision making and uh, help create the framework 
which evolves into the, the product. So it's it's one step for me to let go of uh, the, the total control of how things should work and should look because there, there are a lot of good ideas coming from developers. And they have uh, a, a lot of valid concerns I have to take in consideration as well. Mm. So I like, um, I, what makes me most happy is to see the team evolve from a single developers to a team which work together uh, towards a common goal we have for the product. Okay, and it's always keeps a, a challenge to make this even better, right? So yeah, exactly. there's uh, always yeah. something to improve. Yeah. But uh, I can definitely imagine, uh, coming from a technical background, yeah. that it's sometimes hard to let go. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, but you have to, to yeah. get the ownership. And I'm in, uh, not allowed to touch the code anymore by the developer, oh. so that's a good, good. Uh, good sign. Ha have your permissions been revoked, actually, or no, is it just no, no, an agreement? No, just an agreement, okay. yeah, mutual understanding. Yeah, are yeah. you tempted sometimes? Of Still? course, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've, uh, we have a very good team, so they, they, uh, I'll, I uh, depend on them and mm -hmm. I trust them to do the right thing. And they've shown to do that as well, so. Cool. And you mentioned um, uh, that uh, you're now uh, actually the team is rallying around the vision for this new module. Exactly. Can you share a bit uh, of uh, this vision and how it's, uh, uh, how you use it to align the team and uh, uh, give them the freedom to? Yeah, sure. We, we uh, in the application we have a module called uh, uh, reporting which shows you all the, the things that are happening around your marketing campaigns, clicks, opens, bounce, all that kind of stuff. And for a long time, we know there was something missing and we got feedback from our customers. It's, it's, it's okay, but it's not there yet. Uh, so we made the decision to put aside what we have now and think out of the box and from scratch, well, what can we do using the latest technologies and using what we now know? Uh, and, uh, and, and feedback I gather from the customers to make a new system. Um, what we have done previously is that some someone will work out that uh, the, the the blueprint for the system. Someone uh, works out the architecture for how, what the infrastructure is needed, database, that kind of stuff. And uh, we've now uh, uh, taken it upon ourselves to to make that whole process happen from within the team. So DevOps is in, in involved, architecture is involved, documenting is involved. So instead of just going, implementing what somebody else has uh, thought of, it, it, the project was, is really embedded in the team as it, it, it is, it's their project and they're mm -hmm. evolving it as, as we go. Cool, so um, I imagine you uh, use some practices for this. Uh, maybe together with your Scrum Master to uh, go from vague idea yeah. uh, to uh, first concrete steps. Yeah, we, we, we time box a couple of uh, uh, st stories really uh, to get, get together in a room, get out a whiteboard and draw everything out. And cool. a lot of discussion has happened afterwards in how to structure the documentation, how to uh, uh, prioritize the work. Uh, and and it's it, it really been a team effort instead of one guy telling someone else what to do. Yeah, so yeah. in this case, um, you've really been collaborating as a scrum team to yeah. get a uh, uh, backlog for this exactly. new part. Yeah, yeah. And cool. they create their own stories and I, uh, we discuss it and we prioritize it and I, uh, discuss it with the stakeholders, of course, which we'll get into in a moment. Yes, uh, that's, that's the next <laughs> the topic, next uh, in, indeed. Um, okay, 
Um, is there any anything else that you think uh, is relevant to share with about your collaboration with uh, the Scrum team? Um, no, I think we've covered most of it. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question uh, on this topic. Sure. So uh, um, you mentioned you uh, attend the retrospectives. Mm -hmm. um, uh, did you experience in any way or uh, um, have experienced? Uh, um, maybe in the beginning of working with the Scrum team when you were still letting go of your mm -hmm. maybe uh, uh, senior development uh, position, uh, um, being outside of the team in the retrospective? Or uh, how does it, did this dynamic go of the retrospective? Because we often hear this with product owners, yeah. that there's some implied or felt hierarchy that teams need to okay, get over. Well, uh, well I, I tend to don't do the talking during the retrospective. It's, it's, a, it's a team. The team has to feel free to discuss any points uh, that, that have arisen in, arisen in the in the last sprint. Mm -hmm. And personally, we have a very open culture within uh, the company as a whole and the team specific to uh, allow people to say if they're not agreeing with something. And, and we try to work out the best solution as a team. Uh, um, so I'm not trying at least to mandate or uh, 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 dictate a specific outcome of the retros uh, retrospective because it's in all uh, our, um, how you say it, um, it's, <laughs> it's our um, um, shared responsibility to work together Great. as a team. Yeah. Yes. Yes, uh, very gr very good. Uh, I mean, th that's the the purpose of the retrospective, right? To yeah, to to have exactly. it as a scrum team as a whole, with no difference. Uh, even the scrum master should be able to uh, give his points and his and opinions. He does. <laughs> yes, uh, and uh, the trick is, of course, to uh, uh, as a scrum master to move your hat from facilitator to exactly. uh, yeah. uh, uh, team member. Yeah, uh, and for product owners, sometimes it's also di difficult because. Um, the teams are sometimes used to listening to the product owner and saying, okay, if you want this, then we can make it. Yeah. Uh, well, and in this the retrospective, no. <laughs> this is uh, exactly, cool. Yeah. And you mentioned the company culture. Um, yeah. uh, I think this is a, a very important uh, lesson, maybe, um, the influence of um, the company culture as a whole uh, can have on these kind of inspect and adapt sessions, like a retrospective, like uh, a sprint review. Um, uh, what um, part of your culture would you say is most important in how you approach your role and work with the, the Scrum team? Well, that's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I think it's important that we can uh, uh, trust each other uh, we, and uh, part of our culture is to be uh, as open and transparent as possible we we all work towards the same common goal mm -hmm. um, so uh, we don't tolerate things like handjes gedrag in Dutch and tend to avoid uh, people sitting in their cubicle with their headphones on and doing their own thing. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team effort. Um, and this has been part of the DNA of the company since the beginning. So it's, uh, luckily it survived uh, 15 or 18 years uh, of, of growing. Mm -hmm. um, 
but every time I, I, I talk to a new developer, this is, uh, I say from the beginning we are very open to each other. If you do something great, you'll, you'll know. If you do something not so great, you'll know as well. And uh, the goal is to learn from your mistakes and, uh, and, 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 make, uh, and, and yeah, make everything better than the day before, really. So, that, that, yeah. uh, so there's looking a forward and not looking backwards too much. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's a real big emphasis on learning, openness, yeah. trust. Exactly. Okay, that's kind of And um, uh, let me translate for the English uh, <laughs> uh, Sorry. viewers. Haantjes uh, gedrag, uh, I would say, is uh, most, uh, mostly translated as showboating. Yeah, So, uh, 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 being humble is an important part of your culture. Yeah, and being, being proud as well. Uh, proud yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, cool. I think that would conclude the part about the scrum teams for me and if I you agree so, yeah. then we uh, yeah, sure. can move on. Let's move on. Um, so for the next part uh, I'm going to ask you some stuff about uh, stakeholder management. previous part we talked about the scrum team which uh, tends to be kind of inwards facing it's kind of process oriented collaboration with the people building the stuff um, but obviously the people building the stuff are uh, just one part of the very important equation of your product owner duties and the other part is uh, stakeholder management and the stakeholders is everyone that is uh, influenced by the things you build with the scrum team mm -hmm. and the decisions you make in uh, what you do or do not do, uh, how you prioritize your backlog um, uh, and of course also the uh, sprint reviews are a part where stakeholders play a role. So um, to start off with, could you um, sketch for us how you uh, approach your stakeholder management? Sure. Uh, we have a group of uh, stakeholders in within the company, which are basically re representatives of different uh, uh, departments. So we have a representative from our campaign services department, which use Clang whole day to serve our customers. So there's, they, they have a big, uh, uh, they're an important stakeholder because uh, uh, not only can we learn a lot of from them, but, uh, but it, it making things easier for them has a direct impact on how much work they can uh, can do for our customers. So you can immediately see the benefits financially and uh, uh, to make them work as efficient as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but we have uh, someone from the marketing department, someone from, from management as well, of course. Um, and we, uh, we get together bi-weekly. Uh, for about an hour and talk about recent developments uh, and more importantly what's what's next so we set the roadmap for the next couple of months we tend not to look too much forward because in the in the future uh, because uh, uh, technology as a well, whole but marketing uh, specifically uh, evolves very quickly so you have to adjust your uh, uh, direction accordingly so if there's an opportunity in the market we can jump right in go uh, develop something and make our customers happy yeah so in that case it's uh, indeed not very beneficial to t talk about one year ahead uh, no too much no we, we, we try to set a general roadmap for about a, a year but things can change during the year and mm -hmm. um, most of the time the, the, the backlog contains about three to six months of work 
Okay, yeah. So you can still make some choices. Exactly. And yeah. The, the pivot when exactly. necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a very important point to make uh, um, in relation to stakeholder management, of course, that if your market is pretty volatile, changing all the time, then uh, uh, yeah. it's best not to make too, uh, too big plans. Um, in stakeholder management, uh, you talked a bit about uh, most of your internal stakeholders and how you approach this, how this relates to the roadmap. Um, can you also talk a bit about how you work with uh, external Stakeholders. Yeah, sure. We have uh, a lot of customers we, uh, that use our, our software pretty intensely, so I can learn a lot from them. Um, what we have done, uh, we, we, what we already did do for uh, several years, or basically since the beginning of the village, is, uh, is organize events for our customers to come to our place, see what we look like, see how we work. Uh, we have a couple of speakers, most of uh, a couple of them from external sources. So uh, uh, one customer tells something about their journey to other uh, customers. And um, my role in that event is to talk to a large group of customers, 60, 70 customers in one room, to, uh, uh, to tell them what our plans are for the near future and get basically get feedback from them how do how they react to the roadmap and i can adjust prioritize uh, the, the priorities accordingly so if all hands go up for a specific feature i can go back and uh, make make it happen mm -hmm. so that's been very valuable uh, for me as a product owner to to get a feel of what's happening from uh, from our customers and mm -hmm. um, what we've done uh, also done is since uh, the, the big release of clank 3.0 in the beginning of the year we added a feedback button to the interface so if a customer runs into something or missing misses something or just wants to tell something nice about uh, uh, the application which fortunately happens as well they hit the cool. feedback button it results in an, in an email to my inbox so I can respond to that customer and you get a, a, a real good interaction one-on-one -on -one with uh, with you, uh, your user, and mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it helps me uh, uh, to get a lot of information, and it helps the customer in knowing that his voice is being heard as well. So uh, it's that's it, been a lot of work. I get well, I've up to two thousand of those mails I've gotten uh, since the beginning of the year, uh, but I try to respond to all the, all of them to get uh, the dialogue of to keep the good dialogue flowing with uh, with the end user. Very cool. Yeah. And um, uh, in what way do you share this information with the team? Uh, how do you make sure uh, they also know? We, we get s different kinds of feedback from, mm -hmm. from the application. Uh, applications. Some are just, how do I do this? How does this work? I can forward it to the support department and they will help the customer. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, there are bugs. So I create just create a story and we have uh, uh, reserved some time in every sprint to uh, uh, work away the bugs and the technical debt, um, and, uh, 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 but most of the time those, those uh, feature requests or uh, things, uh, I get to categorize them because mainly they fit in a specific category and I can take back to the stakeholders meeting and, and say, let's, well, I've got this feedback, let's do something with it. And uh, if everybody agrees, I try to be as uh, uh, democratic as possible. Uh, we m make room for it on the backlog and we, we make it work. So the customer gets uh, to see the results of its feature request, not 16 years later, but in the next release. Okay, cool. Yeah. And um, do you also share the um, uh, literal words of the customer from the request with the team 
in the end implementing yeah. the request. Yeah. Cool, cool. Because yeah. uh, in my experience, that's one of the very important things to do. It's not yeah. just um, translate uh, translate yeah. uh, in Dutch postduiven, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, being the messenger yeah. only uh, between the, the, the stakeholder mm -hmm. uh, and the customer and the team, but also really uh, bringing We're those things together. Yeah, yes, really. cool. Um, okay, I think that uh, for me is uh, what I'd really like to talk about in stakeholder management for now, um, unless you have other additional stories you want to no, share I on think that, we're, uh, we're fine. that yeah. point. Cool. Um, so then um, this concludes our part about stakeholder management. Obviously, if you have questions specifically about this part or about the Scrum team we discussed in the second part, uh, feel free to uh, reach out at a later point. You can uh, 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 reach out to uh, Stefan uh, via his email details in the, in the notes or, or to me on Twitter. Uh, we will uh, discuss the handles in the fifth part. But uh, uh, please do ask us questions or uh, challenge us if, uh, sure. if, if you like. We're now getting onto the fourth topic already. So, uh, uh, things are going we're fast. We're making progress. <laughs> we're making progress. <laughs> yes. But as we know, in um, agile uh, working and in uh, uh, your role as a product owner, speed is not the only thing. No. There's it a isn't. very important other topic uh, uh, that's uh, paramount for your uh, role as a product owner, and that is uh, value. Yeah. Uh, one could say a one uh, or two word summary of the product owner role is value maximizer. Yeah. So I'd like to dive into that a bit. And sure. uh, obviously it all builds from how you manage stakeholders, how you work with the team. So that's uh, uh, a reason for me to have this order in the, in the conversation. So um, uh, full disclosure, a colleague of mine is currently uh, uh, working with you at yeah. eVillage. That is how we got the chance to uh, get you on the, uh, on the interview. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that. Thank you, Wilbert. <laughs> um, thank you, Wilbert. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, hopefully the thank yous keep, uh, keep extending because you're still actively working, especially on the value part, as you mentioned. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so um, um, it would be wonderful to share a bit uh, to the, the, the viewers and the listeners about your experience until now with the value part, what was lacking and what you're now uh, experimenting with, working on to try and close to the gap, so to say. Exactly. Yeah, well, uh, when, when we started off with, with Agile and Scrum, uh, we, we started basically started off by ourselves, um, uh, reading a lot, uh, um, doing training as well. I, I am a certified product owner and my Scrum Master, the Scrum Master is a certified Scrum Master. But what we, what I noticed, is that I had some difficulty managing the stakeholders, uh, specifically uh, internal stakeholders during the stakeholders meeting we have bi-weekly, um, primarily f um, determining the right level of uh, uh, abstraction, um, because we have a lot of different disciplines of the colleagues uh, on the table who all ha all have their own pet peeves and all uh, look at my problem and. Um, and I had some difficulty to um, not dive into every single problem because it's important for you, but everybody else is, is dozing off. Um, and we uh, we uh, approached programmers, programmers uh, to uh, help us review, review our process uh, and, and come with some 
key elements in which we can improve our process. Um, one of the, 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 the most important points was the, the, the way we manage our stakeholders' meetings. Uh, and um, tradi traditionally, we did not measure a lot of things. We built things, we got reactions from customers, but we had, hadn't had a, uh, haven't had a clear view on what did it cost on the other side and what value did it add to our customers or to the business as a whole. Um, so together with Wilbert, we, we've got some key tips uh, uh, and best practices on how to get a better view on that. So we're now actu actively uh, um, um, gathering all information from how uh, either how uh, uh, our product is used, so which elements are used a lot and which elements are used by nearly nobody. Mm -hmm. um, so that helps us getting the right focus uh, from the uh, for from the, for the stakeholders meeting uh, on which modules or which functionality focus on and which to uh, put in maintenance mode or remove altogether. Um, so that's one uh, key element. Mm -hmm in which ProWareness has helped us. And uh, the other one, um, I've lost words. No, I, I, forgot what I, yeah, yeah. I was, forgot what I was trying to say. Um, it's okay. So uh, one of the things we, we immediately did is to add instrumentation to our uh, system to measure how many customers are using which functionality, which mm -hmm. is, is uh, very important. Mm -hmm. um, and we, uh, together with the Scrum Master, we are now gathering all kinds of information from the system. So uh, um, how long are people using uh, a kind of stuff? What, 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 of, what kind of feedback we are getting? Um, what do things cost? Because that has not, has not always been clear. Uh, and when you have, uh, uh, when you're talking about money and cost and benefits and revenue, you have, um, um, a good view for all stakeholders. Everybody relates to creating the maximum the maximum amount of value, yes. uh, and letting that lead into uh, the uh, the right backlog and the right right backlog and the right, the right direction. Mm -hmm. And I just remembered what the second thing was Great. the drill with, <laughs> uh, because he he really helped us uh, uh, refine our product strategy. So we are. Uh, by uh, uh, by creating a map of all things we do, we could distill a, a, a really a good sales pitch from that and a, a good uh, understanding of what Clang is as a product and what kind of users it's catering to. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you remember what uh, kind of map uh, it was? Was it a story map or a value stream map? Which one did uh, you uh, create? If you don't know, we'll no, ask Wilbert and I'll put it in the notes. Yeah, put it in the notes. It was business. Business model canvas? Is that yeah, I think, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the, that's, uh, that's one of the tools. The, the business model canvas exactly. really helps you um, get clear uh, who's my customer, how is yeah. the customer segmented, what is the need we're solving, how can we test it. And this yeah. often helps also in uh, pitching and selling your exactly, product. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we've got uh, a great sales pitch from that, yeah. Wow, great. <laughs> so, then you see you work on your agile process and you get for free <laughs> a great sales pitch uh, and with that. Uh, no, but this, this is, these are really important things um, because sales pitches obviously uh, also uh, help alignment internally yeah. to discuss, uh, as you mentioned, with stakeholders. And, uh, it it, and it reaffirms your, your position and everybody already basically knows 
what we are, but it, it's nice to see it up in front. So this is what we are, and this is the common goal we are all working towards. Yeah. Exactly, and even if you already uh, feel, you know, if you're a company of a certain size, and I think 70 people is uh, definitely that certain <laughs> size it's already, not, yeah. uh, uh, people still uh, get different ideas uh, and interpretations from how they perceive the goals. Exactly. So it's good yeah. to have one clear thing yeah. uh, on the wall or yeah. uh, wherever uh, to, uh, yeah. to discuss. Yeah. So did you do anything uh, with that uh, goal that you communicated in the company or for now just use it in the stakeholder meetings? Uh, for now just in the stakeholder meeting, but we've set up the, a roadmap for ourselves as well to, to implement all the things that World has taught us and what we've learned from the process with ProBarners. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're just at the beginning of that process, but uh, we definitely see the, the, the benefits of doing things the way uh, uh, we're doing right now. So it uh, definitely cool. helps clear things up. Uh, and makes us uh, work better together as a company, as a group, towards a common goal. Cool. So, and as you mentioned, uh, this journey has just started. So, uh, yeah, we're not it's there uh, really yet, fresh. But yeah, uh, but getting better every day. Yes, and as learning is part of your culture, I'm sure uh, this is uh, a great uh, addition to your uh, journey yeah. as a company. Yeah. So, uh, I'm uh, very pleased to hear that. Um, are there other um, ways you steer on value? Because you mentioned uh, mainly for now uh, implementing metrics about usage and yeah. using that as a decision uh, uh, aid yeah. uh, to support your decision, to support discussions, uh, especially contrasting with uh, the cost of investing in new development there. Mm -hmm. um, probably uh, we've discussed before on this podcast but probably will. Wilbert has also discussed this with you. Uh, very important things is some cost fallacy uh, to only look at future investments and leave out past spending mm -hmm. because what's spent is spent. Uh, you probably also use this in this uh, disc discussion. Yeah, we're, we're still uh, actively working with Wilbert into implementing the, 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 the steps. Yes. To fill in, fill in the blanks, zeg maar, uh, yeah. so to speak. And to, to, to uh, firmly look ahead what exactly. you can spend and forget, oh, we already yeah. spent so much, stuff yeah. like that. So this cool. is something that's definitely going to happen, but we're not there uh, yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cool. So that's uh, one uh, way of measuring usage of your product. That's what you would recommend to other product owners to uh, Yeah, it's, it's easy. So okay, and it's yeah. an easy one. Okay. Yeah, so that's for cool. us it was the most easy, easy one. Uh, we would recommend it to PWIC as a web metrics uh, tool which is basically a Google Analytics, but self-hosted, so you don't have to send anything to the cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we got it up and running within a couple of hours and we started measuring things. So that's, wow, that's pretty great. great to see, yeah. That's uh, the big benefit of uh, having uh, all your development in-house exactly. and having a good development team yeah, exactly. uh, that yeah. uh, can, uh, can do this stuff. Very cool. Um, and uh, we'll uh, put the link to PWIC also in the show notes so people can uh, uh, look at it if it's something for them. Yeah. Um, is there anything you can share about uh, next steps? Are there more metrics you're willing to add? Or what is the next thing you're trying to, to, to look at? Or is it uh, difficult well, at we this have, moment? We have a number of things put up on a big board behind my desk. So I, I, I've not memorized it. So, uh, mm. uh, but there are definitely uh, a dozen of steps we okay. can take to, to improve the process. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's a lot to improve. And uh, uh, you're, you're going to keep improving. But at this it's moment, the, yeah. the concrete first step is not decided on yeah, yet. Exactly. Okay, cool. Okay, thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. Is there uh, anything else about s value steering or uh, uh, talking about value with your stakeholders that you can share or 
No, as I said, uh, we're, we're basically at the beginning of yes. integrating the value uh, uh, maximizer uh, uh, yes. as an idea. So yeah. that's so, uh, good for now, I think. Okay. Well, thank you also for mentioning the business model canvas. Uh, I think this uh, tool, as well as uh, the, the PBIC, uh, can be very helpful for the, for the listeners and the viewers. Yeah. Um, so that concludes our uh, uh, piece on value steering. And um, we're already moving into the closing phase of the, uh, oh. of the interview. <laughs> yeah, it's always a pity, <laughs> but uh, time flies, uh, yeah. so yeah. they say. Um, And in this closing phase, um, uh, we have some stuff that we can try to discuss, but feel free to say, oh, I don't have anything on this, and then we'll try sure. the next topic. Let's and roll we'll it. also close off with uh, um, uh, a recommendation for the product owners that they ask you to prepare article or book. Yeah. We'll get into that. Um, so um, let's uh, start off this uh, closing uh, uh, phase with um, maybe more detailed backlog management question. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because uh, I know a lot of product owners struggle with uh, prioritizing, and you mentioned it a bit also earlier, uh, uh, new features, you know, the sexy stuff, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, technical debt or uh, bugs or just stuff that is not entirely right yet, mm -hmm. uh, but works, you know, yeah. and uh, needs a small fix. Yeah. Um, how do you approach this balancing between new stuff and uh, uh, just making stuff a bit better that you released well, before? Well, um, what, what we've learned early on is that there's, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary fix for something. So if you think we'll fix it, you're probably never going to do it. Okay. Um, so um, because of my technical background, I, I know these things happen. Uh, I know of technical debt, so I and I can understand the team when there's concerns about technical debt or things that are, are not a problem right now, but will cause a problem uh, 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 in the future. Yes. Um, luckily, eVillage started off as a purely product development uh, uh, company, so the, the, there's a lot of technical knowledge from to throughout the whole organization and an understanding of things that should should uh, be done. Uh, and prioritize them above new features. But we have a business uh, 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 side as well, so we, mm -hmm. we need to improve and make new features uh, in order to uh, 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 attract more customers and keep our customers happy. Yeah. Um, so there's always been a fine balance between the two. Uh, one thing we have learned the hard way is that when you, especially when you're in web development, you, are, uh, you have a lot of dependencies on uh, uh, language frameworks uh, or other, th other things. And what we've learned is that it's very important to keep up with new releases from your dependencies. Mm. So if your uh, JavaScript, JavaScript framework has a new version, try to incorporate it as fast as possible because when you lag behind too much, uh, things will slow down and you will eventually come to a halt because you have to replace a critical part of your software with something which has diverged entirely from what it was. So we learned that the hard way by sticking to a specific version of a, of a framework and basically had to rewrite the whole front-end code to 
uh, to get it up to date with the latest frameworks. Yeah. Uh, so this is something we uh, we know we don't want to do again. Mm -hmm. So when a new minor version comes up, we try to integrate it as fast as possible in order to keep up with uh, third-party vendors uh, of software and libraries and frameworks and codes. Yes. Um, so that's that's very important. Um, and so, w because I have a lot of different sources of uh, where uh, feedback comes from, customers for new uh, ask for new features, uh, uh, and uh, uh, the support desk, which come, uh, which feeds me with bug uh, reports. Um, I uh, it, it's sometimes difficult to find the right balance between new features and bug fixes because you all, all um, uh, also want to make a, a, a sprint goal. So. Don't put too much different stuff in one sprint because it it the, the developer has to switch context all the time. Mm -hmm, exactly. um, so basically, when we try to add new features to a specific module, we try to incorporate a couple of bug uh, uh, bug reports as well to so to keep a focus in the sprint on a specific part. But next to adding new features, also fixing old bugs. And uh, uh, we have uh, agreed within, the development team has agreed, uh, agreed within themselves to, uh, to be a good Boy Scout. And when they, and they leave the code all a, a bit more cleaner than it was before. So oh, if wow. it's easy nice. to fix a bug, remove uh, some old stuff, uh, uh, make sure everything up, uh, conforms to the code style guidelines, they do that. And it's part cool. of the review process as well. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. There's some stuff I'd like to highlight from what you just told us. Um, and uh, please uh, correct me if I interpreted uh, stuff wrong. Mm. Um, very important thing um, to uh, not fall into the trap of saying, oh, this technical upgrade will postpone that a bit because it isn't suited now. Uh, because it will bite you in the ass, yeah. so to say. Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> uh, keep up to date. Uh, I've been a developer myself. I've seen this. Definitely terrible idea to just say uh, this. We can do this later. Uh, uh, if you because use, you won't. No, <laughs> exactly. So if you have external dependencies like frameworks, libraries, stuff like that, uh, even on your infrastructure, just keep up to speed uh, and uh, tackle any incompatibilities early on and it will be much much easier and exactly. also keep your continuous learning and uh, improvement mindset uh, sharp uh, and uh, not uh, postpone innovation and learning exactly to a block later so that's that's very important thing I uh, I'd like to stress um, the other thing you mentioned and that's also very nice uh, because uh, somehow we didn't get into that uh, in your collaboration with the scrum team mm -hmm. but you mentioned the sprint goal yeah. And I'm very happy with that because um, uh, often in Scrum teams, this is something that is uh, uh, not used properly or not used at all even. Uh, while it can help, as you mentioned, uh, focus the team's uh, ability to really work on one part of the software and deliver something uh, with all their uh, intelligence and um, uh, uh, their uh, total uh, mental capabilities mm. focused on what they want to deliver instead of task switching. And uh, I'm, f I'm very uh, uh, happy that you mentioned that okay. because that's very important uh, learning. Um, and there was one final thing, and uh, now I'm going to see if my short-term memory <laughs> is uh, any good. Um, what was the last point? There was your final remark. Well, the people have been listening, so... Let them figure it out for <laughs> just themselves, rewind or two just minutes. rewind. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, I'm very I glad. I also uh, forgot. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I think you were quite on a roll, uh, just uh, um, giving us good good information okay. here. So well, uh, even though the, the last part is a bit more like, let's see what we can get, mm -hmm. uh, uh, it helps a lot. Um, so I think the, um, mm, let's try one more thing. Um, it might be that it's already covered in what you mentioned, so please say if, mm -hmm. uh, if that's true. Um, another thing I see a lot of product owners struggle with is also related to backlog management, but mm -hmm. it's the non-functional requirements. So um, how do you handle this? Uh, um, maybe you have a definition of done that you discuss from time to time with the, uh, the team, or um, maybe privacy issues are relevant for you as a marketing uh, support company. Yeah. So can you talk a bit about how you handle this? As well, well, both of the points you mentioned are, are relevant right now because we are now uh, uh, thanks to Wilbert as well, uh, redefining our process, uh, more uh, uh, formalize our definition of done, documented so new developers know exactly what's expected of them and what kind of uh, uh, quality we're used to deliver and when something is really done. Mm -hmm. And the other one is that uh, there are things happening in the, the privacy world as well, uh, new regulations uh, from uh, Europe which has to be incorporated. So those get mentioned specifically. We, we have colleagues from within eVillage. We keep an eye on that kind of stuff, and we investigate what's needed to uh, adjust, if if any, uh, to uh, to adjust our software to incorporate that kind of regulations. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's get that gets focused and uh, gets treated in, in the stakeholders meeting as well. And another thing. Um, is the, the non-functional requirements because I, from my technical background, I, I know that stuff needs to be hap needs to happen before it becomes a problem, uh, and it's my job to uh, to put it on the table with the stakeholders uh, uh, and uh, basically um, and convince them that this this is the right thing to do, uh, and still get a nice mix of fixing things that aren't right yet and building mm -hmm. new th new stuff yeah. and i think there's there i have no trouble now to convince the people because we just came out of the situation that we had to upgrade one of our frameworks from uh from version one to version 10 for example wow um, so that's the example you mentioned just earlier an right? just an yeah. example but um, <laughs> um and that that's and we know we it took a lot of effort. Um, um, we 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 did do it, and I'm glad we did it uh, uh, because the, the the velocity of the team has has been much higher now because you don't have to deal with old frameworks with outdated documentation with bugs you run run into which has all been fixed, and you can piggyback on the de developments of that frameworks, so you can further increase your your velocity and ability to yeah. uh, to uh, to incorporate new features because someone else yeah. has already does the groundwork for you and you only have to use it in the right context yes and you can focus your your energy and your development team's exactly. energy on yeah. the um, e-village and clang specific exactly. stuff you want yeah. to do with it cool that's a very important thing and now i know the third thing that i <laughs> was missing because you mentioned it again and i think this is uh, also a very important thing is having the ownership of the and responsibility for the quality of the product uh, so these framework upgrades um, uh, being a good boy scout is what you the words you used uh, like yeah. if you touch some code leave it a bit prettier than uh, how you found it uh, uh, even if you don't really need to 
uh, change that piece of code. Maybe if it's very easy, just do it, mm -hmm. make it, make it better. Uh, and that ownership of the quality, that's a very important aspect of uh, uh, Scrum and Agile yeah. working to have that in the development team. But it's very nice if you as a product owner with a technical background, or if you're listening without a technical background, at least empathize with this responsibility, but also listen to the argument and have a real collaboration about this. Exactly. So you uh, take all sides of the equation uh, uh, seriously. Because if you have a crappy product, you can put all the features in it uh, and your users will still run away. So exactly. yeah. that's, uh, and that's very, very good. So I'm, uh, I'm very glad you, uh, you mentioned that again and helped my uh, mm. bad memory to, uh, to check that off. I believe for what I could think of to ask you, uh, we have We've pretty much uh, covered it all. Yeah. I think so. Uh, it, it was a, a great conversation up till Thank here. You. For the viewers uh, at home, if you have any additional questions or, th uh, or want to uh, dive into uh, topics that we touched, but think, ah, how did he do that <laughs> exactly? Why didn't you ask that short? Uh, uh, please contact us. Uh, we'll put uh, the LinkedIn of sure. Stefan uh, and, uh, and or his email uh, uh, details no problem, yeah, get in, touch. Uh, in the show notes. Um, we're on Twitter uh, at... Uh, PO underscore podcast, um, and you can also uh, email me at productownerpodcast at prowareness.nl. Um, but there's one last thing I ask you to prepare uh, that we want to give you, um, and that is uh, a recommendation of an article or book that you as a product owner found value in uh, recently-ish. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> so I, 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 what I, can you share? Yeah, well, I, I ran into this a couple of years ago, um, but it's still relevant. Uh, I always re re get reminded by a great presentation of, uh, of Netflix, the company you all mm. probably all know. Uh, they have uh, a, a, present a presentation with 126 slides or whatever. It's, it's up there somewhere <laughs> on SlideShare. <laughs> One of the best viewed uh, slideshows ever, I think, which describes their whole company culture, how they approach uh, uh, their customers, how they approach their work. And that has been, a, for me, a great inspiration of how to run a company at scale. Well, the same principles apply on a, on a smaller scale as well. Mm -hmm. So definitely when it comes to forming a team, building your dream team, uh, how they avoid, uh, tend to avoid the, 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 the brilliant jerks. So the people who are technically very skilled but are crap at communicating, they mm -hmm. tend to avoid that kind of people. And that's, that's something that really resonates with me as well, because I want to have an open culture and don't want to be dependent on what that one skilled jerk that uh, can do, do a lot of stuff, but can, can communicate and work with the rest of the team. So that's, that, that's been, for me, a great uh, uh, way of, well, and a, a, a look in the, in the kitchen of Netflix on how they run things, mm -hmm. and it, uh, it it really resonates with me, as I said. So okay, so yeah. it's a recommendation. We'll try to find the link for the slideshow. Yeah, it's uh, up there on their job site. So they have okay. a page on culture and the, the, the on slideshow. If you if you Google uh, an, a Netflix presentation, it will come up, come up back up at top cool. as the top hit. Cool. It's it's been uh, it's from 2009, I think, but it's still relevant, and they have an updated version on their site as well. So read it. Yes. Uh, I must say I didn't uh, uh, 
see this yet. So thank you also <laughs> from me. Uh, you already uh, have a, a one person that you, you influence with it, uh, I think. Uh, and we'll put uh, the link in the in show notes as well, so other product owners can also look at it and uh, maybe uh, take some learnings for their culture. Um, yeah, that concludes this interview. So oh. I'd like to uh, shake your hand and thank <laughs> you for your time. Thank you. Especially sir. flying yeah. in uh, at such short notice. No problem. Um, it's been so a pleasure. Uh, um, we'll put all the details in, as we mentioned a few times already. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm very cu curious uh, to uh, see uh, what people think of it. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm also very, uh, very much looking forward to hear uh, about your uh, uh, travels with uh, my colleague Will <laughs> for, for the future. Well. And uh, we'll keep in touch, uh, no doubt. So okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, goodbye. Yeah.